Welcome back, everybody, to the SOS Stacy Own Sports Podcast Show, episode number five, episode cinco. Had to took the holiday off, but I'm back now. You know who it is? It's Stacy Carter the second at SC the second. Either one, you call me that. But today, my special guest, all the way on the east side over there, out of Virginia, representing Virginia well. Got my, boy. Down, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Got my boy Mike White, two-time podcast host and editor for Crown Who's Mike. What's the word? How you doing? Hey, man, I'm doing good, man. Thanks for finally getting me on. I know I've been oh, ducking yeah. and dodging a little bit. That's me. That's my fault. <laughs> but I'm ready today. I'm glad to be on the show, man. Thank you for having me, for real. Uh, thank you for coming out. And, and let me tell y'all something. Mike is ready. He just showed me before we start recording. He just showed me. Got the wine. In one hand and the other hand, put it up, put it up. The Superman cup, water, that's it. Water and wine, <laughs> nothing else. Keeping it clean, man. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. We got we got a lot to discuss. We gotta we're gonna talk about the Browns, because they doing real good. We're gonna yeah, talk about right. Carson Wentz, because he's doing real bad. And of course, anytime a Brown come up is no worthy. We gotta talk about it. But first, we gotta get into this whole James Harden saga. This whole James Harden saga. See, like James Harden is uh, my favorite topic on this show. Them and the rock, him and the Rockets, because I've been talking about them five episodes straight. But let's let's get right into it. Uh, the new head coach of the Rockets, Stephen Silas, stated that he was going to give James Harden his space because it came out that James Harden wanted to be traded and he, and he preferred the the Brooklyn Nets. James Harden's behavior has come into question. He's been posting pics at the club. Been hanging out with little baby, little hanging baby. out with me and Phil. He's been posting cryptid tweets and all that stuff. And now a new story has emerged saying that James Harden is open to be traded to the Philadelphia 76ers. And also, let's not forget that James Harden missed, I think, like the first two practices. And he just yeah. showed up to the third practice and going through protocol and all that stuff. We got to talk about this situation because this is strange how this man goes from a franchise player for the Houston Rockets all the way to probably not, don't, probably don't want to be there. So uh, what, what do you think of this situation? What should the Rockets and or James Harden should do? Uh, well, from the Rockets perspective, just looking at it, the Rockets should be, should not like, what's the word for it? Don't budge because James Harden requesting a trade and he's saying he open. James Harden, James Harden still got three years left on his contract. You know what I mean? If this was maybe the last year, like the AD situation with LA or something like that, it would make more sense. But from the Rockets' perspective, you got to keep your best player. You got rid of Westbrook, which was the piece that needed to go the most. Now you have a new coach in. D'Antoni's out of there. Like you said, you got Steven Silas in there. The Rockets need to do whatever, whatever they can do to get James Harden back in the building. You've got him for three more years. You don't want to rush and trade him for and not get the value you want back because honestly, trading James Harden, are you really going to get the value back? Probably not. So you probably want to find the best trade possible at all before you can rush just because he's not coming to practice, this and that. So that's just from the Rocket standpoint. The Rocket standpoint, hey, look, I'm trying to get him to training camp. We got John Wall. We got DeMarcus Cousins. We got Christian Wood. We still got a nucleus of guys that's been here for years. So I'm trying to see what it looks like with my best player with this new team. Now, as far as James Harden, from his perspective, I mean, I'm going to just be real. I mean, I'm not a player, so I can't speak from their perspective like that. But you got to come into work, man. I mean, I understand things didn't go your way. Maybe you're mad because how y'all went in the playoffs. Maybe, maybe you're mad because the chemistry or you just want to get moved. But, man, you got three years left on your contract. You out with little baby. I mean, I would love to be out with little baby. <laughs> I get it. I get oh, it. Man. I understand that completely. I would love to be out with little baby. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you're a professional. You're a superstar. Like, you are a bonafide superstar in this league. If LeBron was doing this, or, or let this one have been one of the other superstars like that, we'd be grilling them. So I got to grill James Harden. You got to come in. You got to do what you got to do. You don't even know what you have yet. Like, you're not, like, yes, he reported today. But if you're going to be the leader of this team, a guy that people are supposed to look look up to, you know, especially when it comes to playoffs and tough games like that, I mean, you got to set the example. I was watching the interview earlier with P.J. Tucker, and they was asking him, 
you know, how you feel about James Harden not being there. PJ Tucker said, look, man, I can only, I can only control PJ Tucker at the end of the day. So you got to think you got troops in that locker room that's been following you into battle for years. And just for you not to show up just to training camp, you know, I mean, I know things didn't go your way. I mean, it, it just speaks, unfortunately, to maybe a little bit of James Harden's character. I know, I know we've said on Crown Hoops and on your own show, like, is he a championship player, though? You know what I mean? Is he ready for that big step? Can he lead a team? We know he has the championship talent, but does he have the mentality? And right now, with the way he's handling this situation, I think it's okay to question that. I think James Harden is in a confusing place right now. Like, he don't know whether he wants to stay or not. He wants a ring. The common denominator throughout this whole thing is a championship ring. That's what he wants. But Mm -hmm. I think he's indecisive about will the Rockets put him in a position to get it or does he have to go somewhere else? Uh, I I don't – me personally, I don't know what James Harden should do. I mean, he could stay with the Rockets. The Rockets, they still have a good team. But let's face facts, their championship window looks to be closed. It looks to be closed. They got head coach out of there. They got uh, Dermore, he's gone, he resigned. And it's a new turnover. Westbrook just got traded. Some pieces have came and went. And James Harden has stayed throughout that whole entire thing. And it just hasn't worked. It just hasn't worked. So I don't know, maybe he should look to move on. But I think that he should just give it a chance. I, I I forgot who was saying this, but they said that give it about 25 games into the season, 25 games. And if things don't work out, then just trade him. For his value, if the Rockets going to trade him, they got to trade him now. They can't wait to the end of the contract because we don't know what he's going to look like two years down the line. We don't know what he's going to look like before his contract goes. So they're going to get the highest value for him now. So if I'm the Rockets, and I look to move him, I will move him right now. I will move him right now. I will, I will move him before they reach the halfway point of the season. Now, of course, the Rockets, if I, if I was the Rockets personally, head coach and all, I'm keeping James Harden. Oh, no, you're riding this Easy, out, bro. Man. You ain't going nowhere, big dog. <laughs> you ain't going nowhere. We still got a playoff team. This is my, If I'm Steven Salas, this is my first year as a coach, and I get to make the playoffs with James Harden, I'm keeping you. I'm doing exactly. whatever it takes. But agree. But I think that I think both sides, the Rocket side and James Harden, they should give it a chance in the season. I mean, give it like 25. 25 Yeah, I agree with that. Obviously, if you get a bona fide offer right now that or less, you know, too good to turn down, then you take it. But yeah, seeing how the season goes, you who knows? I mean, if we're I, I doubt me or you aren't picking the Rockets to come out of the West this year, but nah. who knows how what their record may be through 25 games. If they're somewhere sitting around like a 17 and 6 or something like that, I mean, that's not a bad record in the West, you know what I mean, to be starting out. So, And then you got to think, waiting those 25 games, we got to see what the Nets is going to be. We got to see if Kyrie and Katie's going to work out. They might come out, Kyrie might still be the same guy, messing up chemistry, this, this, and that. And then all of a sudden, a trade package from the Nets could look a lot better. Okay. But now that I'm thinking about it, dang, they just got John Wall. So I guess Kyrie's out the picture if you're looking at a trade. You know, wouldn't you agree? Yeah. So yeah. I guess the Sixers will be the still the best bet. I know he wants to get to the Nets because James Harden and KD on one team. That's You better make the finals with them two on your team. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. You better make the finals. <laughs> but if he can't get his way to Brooklyn – I mean, I do like the Philly idea. If they send in Ben Simmons, I think I seen a proposed trade. It was like Ben Simmons, Tyrese Maxey, someone else for James Harden. James Harden and Embiid on one team. I mean, they play off they play off each other better. James Harden and Chris Paul, they played well with each other, but it was more so as Chris Paul's time. Now James Harden. Now you put James Harden with a big man, Joel Embiid. Guard, big man, LeBron, AD, Kobe, Shaq. I'm not saying it's going to be on that level, but it's easier to play off instead of another perimeter-oriented player. So it's going to be interesting to see, man. James Harden's been one of my favorite players. I know he gets a lot of slack for how he does in the playoffs, man, but he's in a hell of a bind right now with Houston. Yeah, it is. And, you know, him being open to Philly. Yeah. The The thing about that is, the caveat about that is, they don't want to give up 
Ben Simmons or Embiid. They want to try to find – I was reading about that. They want to try to find a way to keep both of them, and if they still manage to get James Harden, they'll go for it. So. Oh, so they want to pull a heist. Yeah, they want to pull a heist. <laughs> no, it's not happening. Not oh, right nah. now with James Harden. Nah. You, got to, you got to give up the bag and then some. First off, any trade offer from Philly starts with either Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid. Yeah. Yeah. It, it ain't gonna be nothing. Don't talk to me about no Tobias Harris. No offense, <laughs> but I, he better be a second or third piece if you bringing him up. I nah, bro, nah. Yeah, we'll we'll see how that unfolds. Uh, we'll see if James Harden stays in the picture throughout the whole season. All right, let's switch over to the NFL. We never talk about the NFL. This is the first That's time right. we talk about That's it. Right. And we gotta start off with bad news coming out of Philly. Speaking of Philly, coming out of Philly, the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Bench Carson Wentz. They bench Carson Wentz after up and down, inconsistent, wild play from Carson Wentz. They finally bench him in favor of Jalen Hurst, the quarterback they picked out of Oklahoma, who came from Alabama, won championships, mm-hmm. et cetera. Here's a couple stats about Carson Wentz this season. 16 touchdowns to 15 interceptions. I believe he has a 73 passer rating overall. And I believe he also leads the league in interceptions. I know he leads in turnovers for sure. Now, I don't know if it's just in the seven, but either way, he up there. Yeah, either way is bad. <laughs> either way yeah, is bad. Either way up there. All right, here's, uh, here's the question. Is this the right move by the Eagles? I'm, I'm going to start by saying this. I kind of feel bad a little bit for Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Just because the Eagles have done nothing, nothing to get his man some weapons. Nothing. Did they not see what he did last year? Last year, whole damn team was hurt. The whole damn team was hurt. He somehow managed to get them to the playoffs. He somehow managed to put up some pretty good stats. I, I, I'm confused by this. I'm confused. Now, I do think Carson Wentz has a tendency to try to hit, uh, hit the home run play, trying to make a big big play, trying to make something out of nothing. Uh and that that was gives him trouble. That's why he leads the lead in turnovers. But they have done this man no justice. They haven't given him weapons or anything. I think it's more of the coaching. I think it's more of the coaching. They not coaching Carson Wentz up like he's supposed to. Now, does he deserve to get benched at this point? Yeah. I mean, yeah. He he played horrible. He played way, he's playing way below expectations. Jalen Hurts, y'all picked him high. This is why they picked him high, because they knew at some point if Carson Wentz keep messing up, they got to go somewhere else. And if Jalen Hurts plays well, I can see Carson Wentz getting traded after the season end. I can, I can see him getting traded. So what do you think about this move by the Eagles? Do you think they was right to bench Carson Wentz in favor of Jalen Hurts? Uh, well, first, let me apologize to the Eagles out there because he got benched while they was playing my team, you know, Green Bay. <laughs> we'll, we'll get on that later, but first, let me apologize. I'm sorry we had to do that to you, but sometimes that's just how it is. Uh, but honestly, from an Eagles perspective, I just – I don't think there was nothing wrong with benching Wentz at this point. Um, I think we both agree the Eagles aren't making the playoffs. Um, like we said, he, he's already – lead. they're not making the playoffs in the NFC East this year. Now, looking at the records in the NFC East, aren't the Giants maybe in the league? Aren't they about to win that division with what? Yeah, I, I think either the Giants or Redskins. They Giants or Redskins. Something. But the records are like, what, five and six here? Five and, and seven, something like, something like that. Yeah, nobody's dominating. The Eagles are still the bottom of that division. So I totally understand benching him. I mean, when Hurts came in, he gave them that spark that they was looking for. It's not that Carson Wentz is back. He's having a bad season. Because just a couple years ago, Carson Wentz was in everybody's MVP talk, so he got hurt. Nick Foles comes in. You know the rest of the story. So I, I don't want to just say, okay, Carson Wentz is bad. No, he's having a bad year. As usual, the Eagles have had injuries, and I agree with you. I mean, Doug Peterson, you the head coach, you've already paid this guy. This isn't some guy like, oh, we just got him. I kind of understand, you know, it's, it's NFL. No, he's some years in. He's already gave, You've already gave him the big contract. So it's not like they can just cut him. So you have to trade him. But how high is his trade value going to be coming off, a le- coming off a year where he's leading the league in turnovers? So that's where I think the Eagles got some decisions to make in the offseason because I don't think the trade packages are going to be that good. They might. 
if they pull him for the rest of the season. And hopefully he don't add any more interceptions to that tally. But, man, look, I'll say this. When you're losing in football, you're not going to make the playoffs. you got bad quarterback play. That's the one thing that's very, very, very hard to overcome. Bad quarterback play. You can overcome not having a run game sometimes. I'm a Packer fan. You can overcome sometimes your defense being trash. But if your quarterback play bad, ain't nothing you can do. And right now, Carson Wentz don't got it. I think it's a perfect time to bench him, sit him down. We're more than halfway through the season. Put Jalen Hurts in. Let him get some reps. You see he can move a little bit. He got a little spark. The offense started moving against the Packers a lot better when Jalen Hurts got in the game. Threw a touchdown, threw a pick, but I'm not mad at that because obviously it's early. I say give him a chance, see what he can do. But it's going to be an interesting offseason, man, because mm-hmm. Carson Wentz, I think he's going to have to earn that starting spot back. Mm. So earn it back with the Eagles? I think well, I think they'll be competing, and this if if he's not traded, I think the Eagles that starting quarterback spot. I think it'll be open competition between him and Hurts for at this point, especially if Hurts comes out and finishes this year strong. Yeah, yeah. My thing is Carson Wentz. If they trade him, like mm-hmm. where is he going to go and flourish? Like there, there's not many spots for him to go to and like be that guy on the team that's either on the cusp of making the playoffs or as playoff contender and just one quarterback away. I mean, mm-hmm. you just – I think the teams are like like the 49ers because they're talking about maybe moving on from Garoppolo. Right. Um, Bears. The, the Bears are one quarterback away from making the playoffs again. So, it's not many spots for him right. to go. It's not many spots. Uh, man, you know, an interesting one – even though Phillip Rivers is doing okay, I think uh, Indianapolis is oh, a good looking spot. Oh, yeah, I forgot about them. They, are, they already have a defense, got, got, a, got a little run game. It could be better, but they have some receivers there. I think he'd be good there. Their O-line is pretty good. Um, like you said, the Bears, I mentioned that too, the Bears, they have everything, but they're having quarterback issues. Even the Vikings, to a lesser extent, I mean, Damn, Kirk Cousins is cool, oh. but – is he the quarterback to get you to over the hump when you got Aaron Rodgers in your division and Matt Stafford? Say what you want about Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford can pass that ball, man. So. I have free Matt Stafford. I'm glad you're yeah. free Matt Stafford. <laughs> Matt Stafford does his thing, man. So at the end of the day, like, I think there's a few teams, like you said, the 49ers, I like that. There's a few teams out there that could use a Carson Wentz. But again, it, it's all about that growth because Carson Wentz was good with the Eagles at first, like we said, he was on pace to win MVP. Injuries happen, O-line, this, that, receivers out and in. I get that, too. So I don't want to make it sound like it's just all on Carson. You know what I mean? The Eagles have their issues as a team fully. But, man, it's just a shame. Like, I'm watching that defensive line against us the other day, as talented as they are, Brandon Graham and all those guys, getting to the passer, and then you get on offense and you're leading the league eternal, man, that's that shit hurts. It hurts your soul. <laughs> it yeah. hurts. Yeah. Oh, man. Philly. Philly. Carson Philly. Wentz down bad. Down bad. Yeah, they hurting. They hurting. It's speaking, hurting, man. Speaking of hurting, uh, my, my boy, my favorite player of all time, LeBron James, he okay. got a couple stories that just came out. Uh, one, speaking of being hurt, he said that his feelings was hurt when he heard that Kyrie Irving, former teammate, back in Cleveland, Mm -hmm. said that KD, despite them not playing an official NBA game, KD said that that he was the most clutch teammate that he has ever had. So the question is, is LeBron feelings justified, given that both of them, they won a championship ring, they played in two finals together. Is is the feelings justified? Um, I think his feelings are justified. I mean, it's not like... And again, look, folks know me. I ain't no LeBron fan. Kobe fan to to RIP. Kobe fan to the death. But it's not like LeBron don't have, like, what, the most game-winning buzzer beaters in the playoffs and shooting the best percentage, I believe, when the final shot in the last 10 seconds. I mean, those things are just there. Those things are just there. I mean, we could choose to ignore them or not. That's cool, too. But look, man, this is Kyrie Irving. I mean, we've kind of learned – who Kyrie Irving is over the last couple of years. Now, I'm not saying he's a bad guy. I'm not saying that. But he'll take a little jab when you're not looking. He'll take one. I mean, he know or 
first off, anybody who plays with LeBron James, you know, no matter what you say, since you linked with LeBron, it's going to be bigger than whatever you wanted it to be. It's going to blow up just like this. He could have not, not meant anything by it. But the fact that you played with LeBron James, questionably the best player of all time, yeah, man, it's, it's going to blow up. So I think I think LeBron's feelings are totally justified. I mean, come on, man. You played right alongside me. You've seen, you seen what I am in the playoffs. Yeah. In fact, in fact, you've seen what you was before I came back to Cleveland, how mm. you was looking. You won't even get in a chance to hit that game winner you hit in game seven. Not game winner, but go ahead shot in game seven against the Warriors. You won't even get in them opportunities because you couldn't get the cast past what? 25 wins? 24, 23. So yeah, man, if I'm LeBron, um, would I have voiced it? Me personally, probably not, but I would have wrote that in my little book, like, oh, okay, when we play the next. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I got it. So yeah, oh, yeah. I, oh, I'm yeah. totally fine with LeBron feeling away. Yeah, Le- LeBron. I think that uh, before they play the Nets, he probably gonna post a meme or something that you know that MJ meme. And, and I took mm-hmm. it personally. I took that personally. I t- and I took that personally right alongside with his what 30, 10, and 10 or whatever he decides to drop <laughs> on that night. <laughs> oh man, this LeBron's feelings being hurt. I I get it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like. You play with the guy, you raised him up, you know, to be a leader one day, to take over whatever team, maybe stay to Cleveland, where, you know, it turned out he went to Boston because he wanted to be a leader like LeBron was. Right. And, you know, you've been through the wars and stuff. Y'all came back down from 3-1 to win the finals together. Remember that game, that game five, both on drop 41. Exactly. Both on drop 41. Big been game. through all that. LeBron trusted you to take that shot over Steph Curry. And then you go and say this. Now, it was a story that came out that he apologized to LeBron personally after his stint with the Boston Celtics saying, like, he know how hard it is right, to be yep. a leader. And then mm-hmm. you, go around, you go around and say this. I don't, I, don't get, I don't get Kyrie's basketball points. I don't get it. He, he's done a fantastic job. Outside of basketball, you know, charity things and all that. But I, I don't get – I just don't get him – his mind in basketball. I don't know what he's trying to do. I don't know if he's trying to, like, build up KD or what. He trying to – he tried to build himself up. He can't do it. It's been proven that <laughs> – it's been proven that teams do, teams do just as good without you than with you. Better. Or probably even better. I hate to say it, but I mean, come on, Boston, you go out, they're in the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, next, last year, you go out, all of a sudden they're going to run, they in the playoffs. I mean, it is what it is. We just being honest. You, I mean, you can't deny what happened at the end of the day. Like, Kyrie Irving to me is like, dang, I know Jordan probably going to love seeing it because he hate Kyrie Irving, but Kyrie Irving to me is, is like that guy who – you finally got that championship. You got up there, but you feeling yourself just a little too much. Like, to me, outside of the years with LeBron, what has Kyrie proved to us outside of he can make you dance one-on-one? Has he shown he can lead a team? I would say no. Has he been back to that promised land of championship? No. Is he the number one on the team now anymore? No. He had to go be a number two again to KD. So, I mean – no offense to Kyrie Irving. This is also the same dude who said, we don't need a coach. We can, we can just coach ourselves. Yeah, like, what the I'm, hell was that? You what was that all that? about? Like, you don't need a co- You didn't see the Clippers last year? They had all they needed. They could have used some adjustments here. And adjust- you going to need it. Like, so it's just, man, I, I don't want to judge anybody's individuality. That's just how he is. But, yeah, I, I don't know what he's looking for on the court. And it's going to be interesting to see how he played with KD being at number two again. It's oh, yeah, so so – I'm, I'm saying KD better hit her damn shot, her clutch bucket. Kyrie, we on it. <laughs> Kyrie, we on it. Her clutch bucket. The Nets better do their thing because if they, if they falter, man. Hey, look, Nets should be in the finals on paper as we're looking at it right now. Oh yeah, on paper, Nets should, Nets should be easily in the finals. Now, I know there's chemistry and there's injuries and this, but. I'm going to be real, man. If everybody's at least 90% when playoff times roll around, I, I don't want to hear – I don't care if it's year one. You got too much talent on your team not to be in the final in the East. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, yeah. And here's another thing about LeBron. Speaking of uh, the championship in Cleveland, he stated that the two championships he won, the one in Cleveland when they came back 3-1, and this past championship, you know, with the mm-hmm. NBA shutting down, then restarting, being in a bubble, all that, he said that those two are the hardest championships in NBA history, the path to get to those championships. Does he have a point with that? Is that the hardest two in history? So now we're saying the hardest path or just the hardest championship in general. So if we're talking about when he was down 3-1 to Golden State Warriors, okay, that's up there. I, I'll give you that. That's up there with one of them because no team's ever done it. You know what I'm saying? So you have to automatically put that championship up there. Now, if we're talking this year, considering everything that's going on, considering racial tensions, considering COVID, considering the start and stop of the league, I agree that this championship is hard, but if we're just – I'm just paying attention to that word. If we're looking at the path, I wouldn't put this path as hard. So I'm just looking at the teams we played. We played the Blazers, who were good, Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum. They were better than what their record projected them to be, but we kind of took care of them. Rockets played small ball. We knew that wasn't going to work. Russell Westbrook, James Harden, against that, we knew that wasn't going to work in the playoffs. Kind of went through them. Nuggets was probably our hardest test in the playoffs maybe the heat but the nuggets were tough but they're still young they're still on the come up it wasn't what we thought it was going to be l you know la versus la then you get the finals against miami um miami was a good team they got two games out of us but i mean i understand they were a fifth seed i get it they had jimmy butler and they had some good role players but no one really saw them being the lakers so i'm gonna say no that one wasn't in the battle for toughest path but i don't doubt that this was a hard championship to win. Like, I understand these guys were in the bubble, couldn't go nowhere. It's just, you know, court to bed, court bed, can't go nowhere, seeing those guys every day. I'm not trying to downplay this championship at all. But if I'm just talking about the path, the teams you faced along it, then I I can't give you that second one. I'm going to throw out a team right there who had a hell of a path to (laughs) to the NBA Finals. Let's talk about that Mavericks team that won the championship years ago. Let's remember, they went through the Lakers with Kobe. Um, They went through, I believe it was, was it the Spurs they went through as well? It was either the Spurs or something. No, they played um, the Thunder. They dispatched the Thunder. Thunder. KD and Russell West. So you took care of Kobe. Then you had to run into the Thunder. You had KD, Westbrook. And then um, who did they play in their last game in the Western Conference Finals? It was another tough team. And then I know in the finals, they went against uh, Miami. So I think that's a tough, if you really look at that path, that path is crazy considering the superstars they ended up going against, considering what they had with Dirk Nowinski being their only real true superstar. So I'm with Braun on the down 3-1 because it's never been done. I get that. The other one, the COVID uh, championship, hard, but I'm not going to put it up there as tops. Well, for the Mavericks, they – Actually dominated on their way. So when when I think of when I think of like hard path, I think like you you play a team and it was like a struggle, but you came out on top somehow. Okay. You know that's that's what I think. And they that Mavericks team dominated. They that what people bring up as far as like um you know LeBron losing to them and all that mm-hmm. and elevating them. Um, you know they swept Kobe. They swept Kobe. They probably Don't the only, I think probably the only team that had done that. Don't remind me. <laughs> it was it was bad. Yeah, it was it was bad. But you know, LeBron did say that um about the championship this year. Uh, that mm-hmm. you know him not being able to see his family for you know over two months, two plus months, whatever, and all that stuff. You know, being in a bubble, it was mentally challenging. Right. But as far as the play, like on the court, it wasn't that hard of a path. On the court. I mean, like, Agreed. I mean, like, yeah, the Blazers, they were better than a record said they was. However, their defense was terrible. Horrible. <laughs> the Rockets. Horrible. The Rockets. Undermanned. The, the Nuggets, they, they, they had a pretty decent time against the Nuggets. It was a couple of games that was, you know, down, especially, you know, when AD hit that game winner. But, uh, you know, they what. <laughs> 
Yeah, right. Uh, but I don't think they was too worried about the Nuggets. The Heat gave them a fight, which I expected. But at the end of the day, the Heat they wasn't gonna beat. They wasn't gonna beat the Lakers at the end of the day. It was just a matter of when. But I think the hardest championship is coming back down from three one. Like you said, it's never been done before. It's probably would never be done again. Coming right. back down exactly. from three one. Uh, you was going against uh, a team in the Warriors who won 73 games that year. They overtook a record, you know, the Bulls record, that people said that would never been broken, 72 and 10. They broke that record. And they won the championship the previous season. So I think that was the hardest championship. But I can't – I don't know where to put this year's championship. But I do understand the mental aspect of it. I think, um, I think Kobe's championship – from 2010, when they went against the Boston Celtics. Celtics. Yeah, I think that was pretty hard. Let me tell you, a game seven I thought we weren't going to win was that game seven against the Celtics. As bad as Kobe was shooting, man. And we was down. We was down by like 10 or 12 points. So then we had to come back to actually beat the Celtics. So I thank you for calling that that Laker, that Laker history. I appreciate yeah, that. You know, I you know me, I got you. <laughs> You're in L.A. now. You got to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to respect it, you know. You know I got to respect I, it. I, I agree with that. Like I said, the, this past championship, like I said, it was hard for other reasons outside of opponents to me. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, it, it's the mental aspect. Can you stay locked in? Can you get out of your normal routine and still come out here and do what you do every day? Can you get out of not seeing – that staple center basket and come to this Orlando basket, be able to hit shots consistently. We've seen some guys be able to do it very easy. We've seen guys have like crazy numbers in the bubble, TJ Warren, things like that. Then we also see some guys who we thought would be good struggle. Danny Green, much love to you, but it, it, it was a struggle for us. So oh, I, I get it. I get all the other kind of, you know, problems that people face, but I agree with you that coming down from three, one, Against that team, that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. and then also not to mention, every team that was in the bubble was going through the same thing. So exactly right. Yes. So I mean, I can't put that up there like historically somewhere, yep. but oh, you know. I agree. Even though it's for my boys, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, but, yeah. But uh, speaking of LeBron, you know, LeBron used to play for the Cleveland Cavaliers, and we got to go to the city of Cleveland because they. Have something to cheer about finally. The Browns. The Cleveland Browns are nine three. Did y'all hear that? They are nine and three. One <laughs> four in a row. Four in a row. And here's the games that got left. They got to play the Ravens, which is at their crib, the Giants, the Jets, and the Steelers. So all those games are winnable games. They can potentially finish 13 and 3. Right now, the, the Browns are currently fifth in the AFC. So they are in the driver's seat of the playoffs. You know, uh, this year they changed it. It's going to be uh, seven teams that make the playoffs from each conference instead of six. Right, 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 right. So here's the question here. Can the Cleveland Browns lock up a playoff spot? And I think they can. I've been I, – I was – last year I picked them to win the division. They let me down. They made me look bad. <laughs> but – the reason why I picked them to win is the way they plan now. I expected Baker Mayfield to do better, and he's done a fantastic job. I think uh, over the last four games or so, like 11-plus touchdowns, just one interception. So he finally hitting his stride. They have two good running backs featuring, you know, Nick Chubb. They still have a great uh, wide receiver core, even though OBJ is not there. Uh, their defense, they got, they got some star talent on their defense. So – this is the Browns. This year, the Browns, the way they're playing. That was, that's what I was looking for last year. And right. now they, you know, they got that together. Um, I, I think I think we're going to see the Browns in the playoffs. Uh, they clinched their first winning season for the first time since 2007. 2007. Mm. And I, I think they're going to be rewarded a playoff spot. Um, out of the four games they got left, they can win two of them for sure, the, the Giants and the Jets. They can win those games for sure. Uh, you know, the Ravens game, they're, they're at home. Ravens are reeling right now. They should bounce right. back against the Cowboys, but we'll see about that. Mm -hmm. And then the Steelers, you never know. So, 
I think they can win like 11-12 to finish the season. What would you think about the Browns' playoff chances? Uh, so I, I'm right there with you. I think they'll win two of their last four at the least. I, I'm a that's a safe bet. I'll go 11 and five. Um, you said they play the Ravens. The Ravens are reeling, but that can still go either way. You got Lamar, so anything can happen. You said they got the Giants. I don't think that's as easy as an out. No, um, Giants not an easy out. They've been yeah, because you they've been playing. Then they I think they just beat the Seahawks. Um, with a backup QB, I think. Or did Daniel Jones play? No, I think it was I think, a backup. No, it was Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy got in and ran. Wayne Gallman, the backup running back, had over 100 yards rushing. So I don't think that's a gimme, but I think that's a game they can win as well. Steelers, like you said, that can go anywhere. Jets, fuck out of here. They'll beat them. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, this will be the year. We see the Browns in the playoffs. This will be the year. Um. I've been paying attention a lot to the Browns this year because I had Odell Beckham on fantasy, RIP, uh, Odell Beckham. Uh, Baker, he's been he's been good. He's been okay. I will say earlier in the year when they had him throwing the ball more, that was when the interceptions and a lot of that was coming. But the run game, I think that's really where the Browns are really winning and how they're winning their games. They're controlling the clock. They're running the ball, like you said, with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, who I also have on fantasy. Good year, my dog. Uh, Kareem Hunt. They still got receivers and tight ends. And like you said, their defense is good. It was all just a matter of time of getting the right coach in there because coaching is big and getting a cube. Like I said earlier, man, quarterback play is so key. When Baker's not turning the ball over, this team is flying high. We saw with the Titans against the Titans last week. I thought my phone was broke. I was like 38-7? First half, Baker four touchdowns. Now, do I? I don't think Baker is that right now. I don't think that's what he's going to bring us every night. But I do think he can get us something around two touchdowns, no interceptions. They hand the ball off to Chubb. He gets a hundred yards, and uh, Kareem Hunt is is a problem out of the backfield. He can get you a hundred yards on any given night, and he's a pass catcher. So. The Browns have a good team. I think Kevin Stefanski, their coach, has done a great job this year. He's been putting Baker in positions to succeed, even without their number one receiver, Odell Beckham Jr. It seems, honestly, it seems like they've gotten better. And, you know, I'm not saying that it's anything is ODB. It seems like they've gotten better since he left. You know, they figured out, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're a power run team. We're going to run the ball, and we're going to take our chances downfield when we see it with play-action play. So, I, I like what the Browns have done. I, I think Kevin, like I said, Kevin Stefanski's done a great job. Um, we're going to see them in the playoffs. I, I think they'll finish 11 and five. I'm going to give them 11 yeah. and five. Yeah. I don't want to say they're going to win out because as soon as I say that, you got to remember, it's Cleveland Browns. They'll show, they'll show us their true colors in a second. But this is a good team, man. This is a good team. I don't think they're a Super Bowl winning team, but I think this is a team that if they get the right matchup in the first round and they control that clock, they might get a playoff win out of it too, so we'll we'll have to see about that. And that that leads into my my next point, my next question about the Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. If they make the playoffs, how far will they go? Will they be one of those dangerous out teams, or they will be one of the teams that advance and uh, surprises? Uh, I think the Cleveland Browns are, you know, the. I think they're the wild factor of the AFC. I think okay. the wild factor. I think. I think the Cleveland Browns can go as far as the AFC Championship game. Now, I don't think – I think they can. I think I think they have the talent to do that. I'm going to say they talent. They have the talent to do that. They have the right pieces. Play. Like you said, when you reach the playoffs, oh, yeah, this lead is predicated on passing nowadays, but you have to run the ball at some point. You got to run the ball at some point. They have two running backs that could give you a honey. Right. So they got – even though OB – OBJ is not there. They still got Jarvis Landry, who's, despite OBJ's presence, been the number one wide receiver this whole time, in my eyes. And then, you know, the offensive line's playing good, defense playing good, but their playoff run is dependent upon Baker Mayfield's play. Like I say, if he, he, he don't turn the ball over, you know, he make big plays when he needs to, then I think the Browns can go as far as the AFC Championship game. Now, I don't think they're going to reach the Super Bowl because I still got the uh, Kansas City Chiefs as the favorite to win it all. Of course. But, of course. And then the Steelers, you know, they 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 showing little cracks in their armor right now. They're they not playing as good as we thought they was. 
I think they can go that far. What you think about the Cleveland Browns uh, playoff path? Can they go far as the AFC Championship game? Uh, man, <laughs> I, I'm going I'm to I'm put it to you like this. When you get a franchise like this that is they, – they, this is new to them. This is all new to them. I, I don't know if I could put them in the AFC Championship game this year. I just don't know if I can do it. Um, but for sure, I think easily they can win a game and get to the divisional round and scare, scare the living hell out of somebody with that run game. You know what I mean? But again, like you said, it all comes down to Baker Mayfield at the end of the day. And can you run the ball in January? You know what I mean? Can you run the ball? Baker Mayfield has to minimize the turnovers. Like he did very good against the Titans, but when a team has a week to prepare for you in the, it's different in the playoffs. We already know. Everybody steps up in the playoffs. Like you said, I would agree with you. Uh, Chiefs are easily the favorite as of right now. Um, but Cleveland, I, I'm looking at the standings right now, and I'm trying to pencil in, pencil in two wins for them. But I'm like, dang, man. I mean, they they remind me of uh, they remind me of how the the Titans were last year. It was that surprising True. team. It was a team that could run the ball, that put the run first. Uh, play they played good defense, not great but good, and then they surprised us all by beating the Ravens. And that, I think that got the to the only, AFC title game. Right. Yeah. And I think the only the only difference I see between the Titans and the Browns is I I'm it's crazy I'm about to say this because I've oh, I've never shit. been a fan of this dude. Oh, I've shit. never been all his years in Miami. I used to get him oh. my boy like yo, he's trash. But I just think Ryan Tannehill is better than Baker Mayfield is. You know mm. what I mean? I just right now I gotta start a poll on that. Hey, look, the way Tannehill the way Tannehill has flipped his career since getting to the Titans, it's just night and like I thought that dude was out the league. Last year he was 136 QB rating, three touchdowns, no interceptions. I'm like, where, where this been at? Like, where, where was this in Miami? Like, Miami could have used this, but I don't know, man. Yeah, I'm still coaching, not, coaching. Yeah, coaching is big. Coaching. Yeah, coaching is big. It's all about that coach putting you in the right places. So. I would say at most, getting back to your original question, Cleveland Browns, I'm going to give them one win this year in the playoffs, and mm. then I think that will be a successful season for them. Even mm. making the playoffs, even though they should, looking at their roster, making the playoffs successful, I think they need at least one win to really say, okay, we really made some serious yeah. tries. Yeah. yeah, no doubt, definitely. All right, let's get to the fun time. I always love this segment, get to the fun time. And today we're going to play best-case scenario. Right. Okay. I'm gonna read three scenarios and you gotta choose which one that it's you. So okay. you know, just like what my other guests, I gotta see how your mind works. Okay, you say it fits me. Which situation fits me the best? Yeah, well, yeah, okay. what would you rather do? What would you rather have? Now there's okay. one that I found on the internet, and then there's okay. two of them that I made up in my own head. So you ready for this? I'm ready. I'm ready, though. Let me finish my wine off. Oh, finish it off. Hey. I'm ready. Let's do it. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Scenario number one. Okay, you're an NBA player. You want to be an NBA player. What type of career would you rather have? Would you rather be an average player, uh, but you you a local hero? So we got A, average player, but local hero. B, a bench player, but you got multiple rings. Okay. C, you a journeyman, you have team to team every couple years, but you always secure the bag. Or would you rather be D, a star player, but you don't have no rings? Oh, you really put me on the spot that <laughs> one. So I can tell you right now, I'm teetering between an average player with rings and a star player with no rings, because a star player with no rings still secures the bag. Remember that. But an average player, oh, they might secure the bag. I'm going to be real. I'm going to go with Kobe. Forgive me. Forgive me. I'm going to go with the star player with no rings. As I've gotten older, I got a family. You know the drill. I got to secure the bag. I got to be Damian Lillard. I got to be James Harden. I got to secure that bag, man. At the end of my career, like Gary Payton, maybe I can go join up on the team and get me a little ring. But if I'm a star player, you giving me max extension, 152 over five, guess what? <laughs> you can sign me out. Yeah, right. Well, when I was seeing this, I'm seeing people answer. You know, everybody want to pick the answer 
the politically correct answer, whatever. Give me the rings. Y'all know y'all lying. Y'all lying. Y'all lying. Hey, look, man, I'm going to keep it real player. with you. Yeah, I'm going to keep it on too. You want to be a star player, but no rings. I mean, look, like you said, James Harden, Damian Lillard. Giannis. Who Giannis. else you want to talk about? Jokic got an extension. Murray got paid. Who you want to talk about? They get paid. Not everybody get the ring, baby. All right, give me the look. bag. Give me the bag and them and some of them trophies, some of them awards, a bag Thank and some you. of them awards. Yeah, man, I'm going star player with the bag. I need that. <laughs> All right. All right. Scenario number two. All right. So, which type of player would you want to build your team around if you're trying to win a championship? Would you okay. rather have a point guard who leads in assists but can't score? Would you rather? Awesome. Have- okay. <laughs> oh, I like okay. how you had the names on the top of your head just waiting. All right, would you, mm-hmm. you rather be would you rather build around a shooting guard who scores but can't close? Hard or hard, would you have a wing player who can score but has no defense? Or last one, a big man who's a double double but cannot hit free throws. Oh my god. <laughs> hey so you gotta you say good with the bag. And you said builder, so this is who I'm starting my franchise. Yeah, this is who you building your franchise around. Okay, a point guard who can lead my team in assists, but can't score. A shooting guard who can score but can't close. A wing. Well, first off, let's eliminate the wing. You can't be a wing and can't defend on my team. So <laughs> you can go ahead and cut that out. Uh a big man, double double machine, but is not a very good free throw shooter. Okay, so this is 2020, about to be 2021. My point guard cannot not be able to score the ball. Um, that's why Lonzo is getting his shot together. So I'm gonna scratch that off. Now it becomes a team the two who can't close and the big man who can't shoot free throws. I am gonna, you said double-double machine? Yeah, double-double machine, but he came for hit free throws. All right, let me randomly ask you this. It's just random. What's my shooting guard averaging? You know, shooting guard, you know, scoring 20, 25. So, okay, so he's one of them. Yeah. And my big man's averaging how many points? Cause like double-double, you know, like, yo, 18, 10 at the least. 18, 10, 18 20, 10? 12, 20, 15, you know, something. Like I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to take the big man. I'm going to tell you why mm. I'm going to take the big man. I'm going to slice out the shooting guard. Because if you my top scorer and the game on the line and you can't score, I'm going to have a problem. You can't score for three quarters for me. I'm sorry. Three quarters don't win games. Four quarters do it. I can't do that. But for my big man, I know the production I'm going to get. I'm assuming he can protect the rim. And at the end of games, if free throws is a problem, I mean, you can always sub him out. We could we could, find, we could, put a better free throw shooter in, just like uh, take him out during, on, the, on the offensive end, or excuse me, the defensive end, and then sub him back in. You know what I'm saying? That's what I would go with. And I think you can teach free throw shooting better. Not everybody's a close, you know what I'm saying? Not everybody learns how to score in the NBA. A wing not being able to play defense, what are you a wing for? What are you six, seven, six, eight for, big, big dog? I need that. But a big man who's gonna give me consistent rebounding, consistent buckets, who's gonna protect the rim, and your only flaw is free throw shooting? I mean, DeAndre Jordan is a hell of a free throw shooter now. So I think if he could become one, we can make it work. Shaq, the most dominant force in the league, was on that court in clutch time, regardless of his free throw. So if we can keep you at 50%, because that's what Shaq was. He was around 50. It was terrible. It's terrible, but shoot, I'll take that over a guy who can't close, a point guard who can't score, because this is is a guard built around perimeter players, like John Wall, Dame Lillard, Steph Curry. Like, you got to be able to go at them. And a wing line, I'm not going to talk about that wing again. That made me mad. You got to be 6'8", six, 6'7", six, I need you in that chair, big <laughs> sir. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the big man, man. I'm oh, man. With... I think the coach just came out of mic. Hey, I got a couple I wings. Can't <laughs> I, hey, bro, I done seen it. It make, I be I be making them just run. Hey, run. Go. Run. <laughs> I need you to go. I think, I'm going with the big yeah, man. I think I'm torn between, you know, the having the big man and and having a, a, the shooting guard. Okay, yeah, I think, same thing as me, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm, I'm torn between those two. All right, last one. All right, 
You got to win the Super Bowl. You need a quarterback and a wide receiver duo to depend on. So would okay. you rather have Pat Mahomes, Tyree Hill, Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Aaron Rodgers, or Devontae Adams? Or would you rather have Kyler Murray with DeAndre Hopkins? Now you already know my Oh, you got to be real. You got to be real. I'm being real. <laughs> you got to be honest. I'm, I'm going to just be honest with you, dog. Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, you know who I'm picking. Look, I got it. Mahomes is, he's not the new hotness. I get it. What Will Smith said on Babble is the new hotness. Men in black, he the new hotness. I get it. Aaron Rodgers is proven, man. It's not a pass that Patrick Mahomes can make that I don't believe Aaron Rodgers can make. Aaron Rodgers been doing this for a minute. Mahomes, I get it. He's more mobile right now. He's younger. He's a newer, flashier guy. Tyree kills the speedster, but I, Devontae Adams can do it all. I mean, I think his route running is better than Tyreek Evans. I mean, excuse me, Tyreek Hill. I think Tyreek Hill can just outrun a lot of people. But Devontae Adams, I'm talking, you can line him up in the slot, outside, inside. He come across the numbers. The 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 chemistry, the chemistry that Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams has, man, look, it's tough to find some better chemistry than that. So you know me, man. I'm going with my boy A.A. Ron. And Devontae Adams. You already know. I was just saying, <laughs> hey, I was saying, if you're going to stick with your boy or you're going to go to Pat Mahomes, ride Russell, Russell Wilson. Nope. Russell wasn't through too many picks for me, dog. Aaron Rodgers <laughs> don't do that. He don't do that. Hey, but you can have DK Metcalf, baby Megatron. That's true. Baby That's true. Megatron. You see, he's still a baby. Devontae, a grown man. See? Caught you. <laughs> Caught you. <laughs> hey. Hey, well, that leads into you know we got we got I got on on my show I dedicate some time to to the fan in you to the fan in you and we gotta talk about Aaron Rodgers and we gotta talk about the Packers. All right, so okay. it seemed like Aaron Rodgers is now up there with Pat Mahomes as far as MVP because okay. it was Russell Wilson then Russell Wilson just fell off. Right, right, yeah. Pat Mahomes still being a constant, but Aaron Rodgers have been climbing back up there. So, do you think? Aaron Rodgers should get the MVP over Pat Mahomes. I'm going to say, and I'm going to be honest, I'm not going to fret you. I'm going to say right now, no. I'm going to say right now, no, because as great of a season as Aaron Rodgers is having, and it's a great season, 36 touchdowns, only four interceptions, you know, fastest guy to, what was it, 400 touchdowns. I ain't going to boast about my dude too long. (laughs) But the problem is when I think about Aaron Rodgers' season, now, think about Patrick Mahomes' season. One thing about Aaron Rodgers' season that sticks out, and I just cannot forget, is the game against Tampa Bay. The mm-hmm. game against Tampa Bay where he, we was up 10-0. He threw his first pick six, came back, almost threw another. They returned it to, like, the one-yard line, and then he just did nothing for the rest of the game. Then you got a game like Indianapolis where we're up 28, I believe it was 28-10 to 10 and a half. We get three possessions in the second half only scored three points. Those type of performances stick out in my head, and I can't pinpoint a performance like that from Patrick Mahomes where I'm just like, damn, like, what was he doing? With Aaron Rodgers, unfortunately, I remember those, and it's not, and I can't just blame it on the defense, which is so easy to do in a lot of games. Like, Tampa Bay, I get it. They would get, the uh, Tampa Bay's defensive line was getting after him, things of that nature. I know uh, Matt LaFleur has to make adjustments, so does Aaron Rodgers, but you could see in his body language and everything he did that after he threw that first pick, it was over. Like, it was over after that, and we weren't even down. Like, like I said, he almost threw another one the next play. So I just can't – I can't get that bad performance out of my head yet. If Patrick Mahomes gives me a clunker like that and Aaron Rodgers continues to stay the way he is, then I'll give him that. But as of right now, I'm going to be honest – I still have Patrick Mahomes' slight edge over Rodgers, even though I believe Rodgers is more valuable to the Packers than Patrick is to the Chiefs. Mm. Mm. Um, I mean, in, in Aaron Rodgers' defense, he did go All against right. two dynamic defenses. Like, when they when they it. on, they, you know, it's hard to do something with it. I don't think Pat Mahomes played a defense like those two mm. yet. Well, no, he, he did play the, uh, the Bucks and he won, so – I, I give him that. I think I still think Pat Mahomes is is the MVP. Right. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers only threw four interceptions. Yep. Pat Mahomes only threw two, two, mm-hmm. just two. Yeah. 
Just imagine finish with that. It's just like it was one season. Aaron Rodgers only finished with two interceptions. Yeah, uh, it was last year, twenty six and two, I believe. Yeah, yeah, and I don't see how people saying like Aaron Rodgers falling off and all of that stuff, but he only threw two interceptions last year. All right, but here's the thing. Here's the thing that I I want to ask you about Packers okay. as a whole. Packers as okay. a whole. We've seen this before. Aaron Rodgers played great. Despite changes going on, the vision, the Bears, defense, Vikings, etc. The Packers always find themselves on top. Mm-hmm. They uh, slated to make a playoff run. However, nothing you know comes to fruition as far as them going to the Super Bowl and getting that ring or whatever. So this year, with a lot of unknowns in the in the NFC, because the AFC, we looking at the Chiefs. It's like basically the Chiefs. And some people might say Steelers, but it's more so the Chiefs. In the, the NFC, <laughs> in the NFC, you don't know. We don't know. So do you think the Packers can win the NFC this year and get to the Super Bowl again? Um, I do. I do think they can win the NFC this year and make it to the Super Bowl because of mainly what you just said. The NFC is so wide open. I like I just got finished talking about how we got smacked by Tampa Bay, but we've seen Tampa Bay and some of these against the Bears, another team we've smacked. They're not always on, on their stuff. You know, they just had they had a good day against us. The Saints, the team that's currently leading the NFC, one of those losses they had came from the Packers. So, you know, it's it's crazy. Seattle has Russell Wilson, but is that defense going to be there? There's so many questions. you got the Rams. They got a great defense now. Oh, yeah, is Jared Goff going? I know. See, I got you. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a lot of questions in the NFC, which is why I say they could make it. But let me be very, very clear. I'm always honest about my Packers. All regular season, I will talk to you about Aaron Rodgers every day. Trust me. But when the playoffs roll around, I know what it's going to be. That defense has to get stops. That is just what it's going to boil down to. Every year when we get to the playoffs, it's the same thing. We can't get off the field. Yes, Aaron Rodgers is dynamic. But if you keep him on the sideline, he can't be dynamic watching the defense. He can't be dynamic from the sideline. So it, it's it's going to be about who can stop the run. Like, I think all the offenses as far as that are going to be in the playoffs, and I'm looking at the stands right now, Saints, Packers, Rams, Seahawks, Tampa Bay, maybe the Vikings, maybe the, all those teams are offenses are good enough to go get there. They'll get you there. But it's whose defense is going to get stops in the cold, who can stop the run. And I'm going to be honest with you, even though I think the Green Bay Packers can make the playoffs, that is, I mean, excuse me, make the Super Bowl, that is definitely something that still worries me about our team because anybody, I mean, anybody can run on us. Yeah, I, I, and I don't get it by the Packers. If it's the same flaw, every single year, the same flaw, how come is it hasn't been fixed yet? Like, no. It's the same thing that I've been thinking about the Packers. They can make the playoffs. They are Super Bowl contenders, but I don't trust them to get there. I just don't trust them. It's something always happened in the playoffs. Like you said, they can't get off the field for some reason, and they they just out of it. Now, this year, the same thing. NFC, anybody can take it, but the Packers' flaws just pop. They pop out the right time. At the wrong, uh, not right time. They pop out at the wrong time. They pop out right. at the wrong time, and you don't know. Uh, a lot of a, a lot of these teams is like, yeah, but like the Saints, mm-hmm. yeah, but Taysom Hill is he is he going to get you that far? Yep. Rams, yeah, but Jared Goff always stink it up every few games. Seahawks, yeah, but Seahawks, yeah, their but defense gets the defense. <laughs> and can Russell Wilson get back to their MVP level? So, as far as the Packers concerned, they've been the constant, like they've been consistent, but I, I just don't know. I just don't yeah. know. Like I said, man, every year with the Packers, I'm, I'm never like even when people were making a big deal about us not drafting a receiver in the first round, going with a QB. I don't be worried about offense nine times out of ten. If you got Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is good for about eight to nine wins by himself a season. So that means you get a couple guys that are decent. You should be sitting at 12, 13 last year, 13 and three. This year, what are we, uh, nine and three. So if I had to guess, maybe we went out 12 or four, something like that. But 
man, that defense is stopping the run. Like, thank God our secondary is better because I remember mm-hmm. about two years ago, we went up against Julio Jones and the Falcons in the playoffs. I don't even want to talk about what he did to us, man. Over 200 yards receiving. It was a year that uh, Falcons choked up in the Super Bowl. So we've got a secondary better now. But, man, got to stop that run. And I don't understand either. We've got Kenny Clark in the middle. You've got Zadarius Smith. You've got Preston Smith on the outside. We should be a lot better at stopping the run than we are. But for some reason, when we get in the playoffs, I mean, you saw what them 49ers did to us last year, man. It was embarrassing. Yeah, it was, I didn't go outside for two weeks. Like, I was mad. <laughs> two weeks. Two weeks, man. So, like I said, I like my Packers, man. I think our offense is always up there, but that defense, man, it's going to be a question mark. Yeah, and also we'll see how Aaron Rodgers hang with my boy Aaron Donald. Got to mm. see about that. Got hey, man, Superman, gonna... cause that's Superman on the defense right there. Hey man, we gonna roll with that protection his way, <laughs> and everything going the opposite way. Look, we not even trying to mess with that. Don't hurt my boy, man. Don't hurt my boy. Hey, we'll see what happens if they meet each other in the playoffs. But that was the end of Stacy Owens Sports Podcast episode number five. Once again, I am your host, Stacy Cardi Second, and I had Virginia's own, Virginia's own from LA to VA. Mike White, Mike, thanks for coming out, man. I appreciate it. Hey, man, thank you so much for having me. Having me, excuse me. Thank you so much for having me, man. I appreciate it. I couldn't wait to do it. And let me know when I come back, dog. You know, I'm always here for you. So oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. We'll, we'll see playoff time. We'll see playoff oh, yeah, time. Yeah, we got to talk. If we, we play, talk. yeah, if we play each other in the playoffs, we're we going to have to talk. We got to talk. We're going to have to talk, bro. I got you. <laughs> All right, and to everybody else out there, I'll see you next time.